Welcome to another episode of This is the Part I Don't Get. I am Jay. And I am Bay. And this is a very special episode, episode number 82. Yes. And why is it special, Bay? <laughs> this is going to be our official last episode. The time has come, the walrus said, <laughs> and we are done. I can't think of the rest of the line. Go to bed or something? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's like to think of, to think of merriment and, uh, and things like that. (laughs) I figured it was something that rhymed. (laughs) Oh, to talk of many things. Okay, that's what Oh, okay. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things, of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kinks. That's what it is. Okay. Well, we are going to talk about many things for the last time, my friends. It's been a good three years. Wow. We have uh, made it from my couch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to my kitchen table fancy mics to zoom through a pandemic um definitely was some of the highlights of the pandemic for me especially in the beginning when we weren't seeing anyone oh my god it was like my only anyone. social contact <laughs> <laughs> um so thank you listeners very very much for listening for the last three years uh and um i we hope that you enjoy this last episode yeah and, and i you. think that it's go ahead oh i was gonna say thank you for your emails and for suggesting topics we really appreciate yes. that because you guys had some really good ideas that i wouldn't have thought of yes <laughs> yes that is that is by far that was the hardest thing was actually like coming up with ideas not even just researching just like literally thinking of something so definitely came in in handy to have lots of options so that's a good point thank you everyone <laughs> and, and, and thank you jay well thank you bay for being my partner <laughs> yes. yes thank you very much but it makes sense that um that uh we do it this way because you're going first just like the very first oh time. my gosh Wow. I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> I know because I like didn't want to go first. So I made you go first for like the first two <laughs> times. <laughs> and then at the, after the third one, you're like, okay, you have to go first. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. And uh, there was a lot of pressure coming up with a topic since it's our last episode. Um, I know, you know, I was like, Ooh, I want to do something big, but then realistically, you know, I didn't, I never give myself enough time to really give the amount of research deserving of a that would be deserving of a big topic so uh, mm. mine's mine's something that actually came up on like my tiktok i i it, the algorithm on my tiktok changed so that now i get some of these like conspiracy theory stuffs <laughs> come up but i don't know i don't know if this would count as a conspiracy theory but um so there's a school in um new jersey called colonia high school in um uh, Woodbridge Township, New Jersey, where over, it's been reported that over a hundred people that were either former students or teachers have been diagnosed with, um, some sort of brain tumor. And Mm. so there's this, been this big, uh, movement to get this looked into. Um, so it started the, the, I guess you could say the whistleblower is a man <laughs> named Al Lupiano, who was diagnosed in 1999 with acoustic neuroma. And this is actually a benign brain tumor, meaning not cancerous, um, that grows. Okay. Um, I know I was going to that sucks. Yeah. So I mean, it, it sucks regardless, but yeah, it's like, weird. Um, so it's a benign brain tumor that grows on a nerve that runs from the brain um, to the inner ear. Um, so it obviously affects, uh, your hearing, right? Yeah. So he, it can cause like slight deafness, 
um, fatigue, dizziness, those are the lingering side effects that he has after receiving treatment. Um, and then last year, his wife was diagnosed with the exact same tumor, which I'm like, well, what are the freaking odds of that? Actually, I'll tell you the odds of getting this specific. <laughs> you, I know the odds. Actually, <laughs> thank you, Jenny, for the intro. Thank you, Jay. Um, one in one per one hundred thousand get the acoustic neuroma tumor. Um, so that sounds rare. Yeah. So for two people now, I guess you'd have to look at, you know, put them in a sample with like you know a hundred thousand other people, but. Still, that's, I mean, that just seems weird. It's significant. To me. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he was like, this is weird. And then his sister. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, that's weird. Well, maybe it's just, you know, bad luck, whatever. Um, and then his sister named Angela Dacillus is diagnosed with uh, glioblastoma, which is uh, an aggressive brain tumor. She unfortunately passed away in February of this year. And oh. then, so he's like, okay, this is weird. I got to look into this. So he um, reaches out to, I guess the school's Facebook page and posts something like saying, hey, because he realized these were the only three things that they all had in common was that they went to Colonia High School. Um, so he originally finds 15 people from his high school who reported having brain tumors. And then um, and now he states, so this number has varied, but it's basically over 100. It's anywhere from 100 to 120, he says, of people who either attended the school or worked at the school um, that have reported some sort of brain tumor that has developed. Um, so naturally, this, you know, gets a lot of media attention. He start, uh, Mr. Uh, Lupiano um, starts a uh, change.org uh, petition mm. and to get this looked into. And he says um, he gets a call from the mayor. Oh. And where the hell did I write his name? Because <laughs> I literally have a quote from the guy. Um, we can cut this out, maybe. <laughs> I can figure <laughs> out okay. how. Sorry, guys. Mayor of Woodbridge Township, John E. McCormick. I knew it was something generic, but okay. So John McCormick, Mayor McCormick calls, calls up Al and he's like, hey, you know, we're going to look into this. We're going to do some studies. Um, so we're do some studies. We're going to do some studies. I'm sure those are the exact words he Real. <laughs> yeah. so, hey, 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 dude, we're do some studies. So more specifically, he they he gets to he gets the health department together, a team of people. They put canisters in the school and then outside the school to take air samples in the building and outside to check for excess <laughs> levels of radiation. Um, now I'm sure there's like a real way that, that people take air samples, but don't you just like imagine people wandering around with like open containers and just like <laughs> scooping? Just yeah, like right. Scooping it up, <laughs> almost like when people like try and light their farts on fire, kind of thing. I just, as soon as you said they were collecting air samples, I just imagine someone with just like, like a, an empty water bottle, who's like, "Oh, scoop," or or like a um, uh, like a Ziploc bag, just like yes. Oh, here we go. Let's take. I am right. sure that's not how it's done. Yeah, <laughs> my mind. That's how it's done. Yeah, that's. I think that's scientifically accurate, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So they did some, some of their whatever it is, scooping air canisters. They scooped the air. And they, um, <laughs> they reported. Oh, this is the big quote that we're waiting for. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mr. McCormick stated, "We are very happy to announce that our extensive testing." for both radon and radiation in the interior and exterior of the school building produced no evidence of any cancer causing hazards that weren't further investigation. Well, isn't that just a close up the book, lock down, yeah. lock down the office, we're done. Kind of email, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt, 
I don't know. First of all, I get you're happy that you didn't find anything, but my, if I were the mayor of this, of this township that is very worried about these tumors, I'd be like, but you know what? We're going to look into, we're going to work with you guys and just look into see like if there are other causes, but that quote was just like, yeah, we're good. Good luck everyone <laughs> with brain tumors. <laughs> um, so the health department also looked at the brain cancer rates of Colonia High School and compared them to rates of brain cancer through New Jersey and the U.S. Oh, and they smart. found, right, that, that makes sense to me. And they found that the rates are actually consistent in New Jersey um, at, as, a, as a whole and the whole U.S. So they didn't find- Really? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. Oh. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, like, okay, what if we reached out to our high school and like asked I know anyone with like brain <laughs> tumors? But I mean, to be I fair, remember them telling us not to drink the water on certain days. <laughs> do you remember that? Well, they'll I be, do. Well, that is actually there's a little part about drinking the water that's coming up. Um, so get ready guys because i did a little math my own okay (laughs) oh god help us i literally did basic algebra and i don't know if it's right so we cannot trust it at all good for you good for you yeah i did the whole x equals but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah just did the x equals Mm -hmm. okay so that's me because I was really curious. Math I was like, okay, right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, X equals. <laughs> I know algebra is so X equals. God, I hope no one. That's, it's, that's all it is. Oh, that's I hope no, nobody. That's why I struggle this so much. <laughs> so I looked at, okay, we, according to this, this guy, over a hundred people have um, reported a brain tumor. Uh-huh. And then I read more and the brain tumors were over a span of between, I guess, when the school opened 1976 to 2000. So that's 24 yeah, years. Cause that's what I was going to ask you. How yeah, long? it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. But again, this is all like, this is self-reported. So, you know, mm-hmm. So we're going to say, like how many here. people did he really come into contact? Well, with? that's my question too. And, and is I, it all hearsay or exactly. is it like real fact? And I was looking, cause I was like, he keeps talking about his list. I have this list and I'm like, okay, well, where is it? And I get maybe people that put <laughs> their names on there, but like, I, I was literally like on his Facebook page trying to find it. <laughs> oh, wow. You oh, know how I am. I'm a <laughs> Well, cause he has, it's like a, or maybe it's not a, I guess it's his own page, like not his profile, maybe, but I think he has like his own kind of fan page or something where he posts a lot, like of all the new stuff, but, mm. and it just kept being recycled of like, yeah, over a hundred people, 107, 117. And I'm like, are they just trusting that his, this is like the number? And even the today article um, that I looked at was like, today has not been able to, um, you know, confirm this number. So it's like, okay. We can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, exactly. So, so 24 years. So I looked at how many students attend Colonia for the past This is where year. the X equals comes. In. Yeah. So a hundred, mm-hmm. well, actually it's like a multiple levels of addition. And <laughs> <laughs> I started with like basic math and then, you know, graduated. <laughs> and then you just added on. Okay. Yeah. So a 1,335 students attended Colonia this year. Um, so I just took that and multiplied it by 24 years. Um, I got 32,040. And then I took that, and this is when the X equals happened. So I did, <laughs> I was trying to get like, what is the percentage out of this population? So I did, uh-huh. you know, 100 over 32,040 <laughs> equals X over 100. And my number, again, feel free to do your own math because it could be wrong, but I got 0.3. And so the overall occurrence- So 3%. 40, no, uh, no 0.3, 0.3 over oh. 100. So 0.3%, I think. 
Wow. <laughs> so according to the American Cancer Society, there's a less than 1% likelihood of developing a malignant brain tumor, but that's just a malignant brain tumor. So that would be consistent. That's with just a malignant brain tumor. Yeah, because, well, because the, um, you know, Al Lupiano was, he, he was, was talking benign. about, yeah, his and his wife's were benign. So I guess if you kind of, I couldn't find statistics on brain tumors altogether. This was just about malignant, but my guess would probably be somewhere similar. Um, but to me, like 0.3 doesn't sound significant to me. Like, like when you hear, okay, a hundred, like that sounds like a lot, but then when you kind of like look back it up a little bit, um, you know, it, uh, and you know, with my statistics, with my math, <laughs> my X equals. <laughs> so I don't know. So that my I, X equals is real. That really That's changed serious. my life. Yeah. Changed my life. So like, <laughs> hmm, okay. So I'm like, well, maybe the, the government, you know, the mayor was not, because at first I was like, oh, is this a cover up? Like, are they just trying to like not deal with this? But I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe the health department was onto something. Um, and then I looked into like, um, cause they talked about cancer clusters. So, um, I looked mm -hmm. into cancer clusters, which is a kind of what it sounds like a cluster, um, of okay, cancer. You? Yes. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in those cases, I would always think it'd be environmental. Yes, it is. And I guess, I guess slightly, I guess it could be um, hereditary as well, because people tend to kind of live in the same places. Yeah. Like, so how far are you really moving? Yeah, exactly. So a, um, it's basically a cluster of, of a certain type of cancer that's usually rare, usually um, not usually found in that particular age group. So like, for example, if it's something that's more diagnosed in the 60 plus population, all of a sudden you're finding it in like a bunch of five-year-olds, basically um, yeah. where their occurrence of that cancer in this particular area is more than the, the national average. Um, mm -hmm. So there's basically, from what I read, there's a lot of reports of, um, you know, concerns about cancer clusters, but only five to 15% are actually statistically significant. And one thing they like, you know, the whole Wikipedia, like also look at, um, I came across like different cognitive um, distortions and one of them, or cognitive biases, I'm sorry. And one of them is called the clustering illusion, which is a tendency to overestimate the importance of small Ooh. runs, streaks, or clusters in large samples of random data. So I'm like, well, maybe that's like, that's it. That possibly, you know, explain what is going on or why, you know, this could be just, we're kind of zooming in on this 100 and it seems like a big number, but overall it's really kind of like, unfortunately average. Um, that is very so that's one possibility kind of that I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe we're kind of like overthinking this, especially given that this guy is just kind of like going on self-report. And I remember learning in my, one of my social work classes that like, um, like, um, what do you call it? Like storytelling is like a really powerful motivator for people, but it's not like, it's obviously not statistics or facts, but it, it does yes. to, um, you know, enact change in people. That's why, you know, people testify at, at hearings, Senate hearings and, you know. Yeah. The, Personal testimony. Yeah. yeah. The emotional. Mm -hmm. Anecdotal. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Thank you. That's the word. Anecdotal. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can, is there a family member that would, like to, <laughs> that would like to uh, speak on their behalf? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause it sticks with you. So, um, it kind of feel like although you I do like it because it does give a different perspective but I think it should accompany hard facts and data yeah and I think part of it is you might hear one or two stories um but you remember it and then in your brain it kind of becomes bigger you know because it's mm -hmm. just so emotionally it impacts you emotionally um mm -hmm. 
But then I found um, in the cancer cluster research, one of the clusters listed was in Tom's River, New Jersey. Um, they had 90 plus cases of uh, brain and uh, central nervous system cancer between 1979 and 1996. And um, this was due to uh, contaminated water supply. Um, they found oh, so yeah. gross. Where's Mar where's Mark Ruffalo? Hey, maybe Get that's what there. was happening in our at our high school. You know, they told us not to drink the water. <laughs> I remember they told us not to drink it because of the lead content. But oh, it was lovely. always weird because it wasn't like constant. It was like, all right, kids, don't drink the water today. Really? I'm like, well, what about tomorrow? I don't remember. Yeah, there were like days where they would be testing it, or it would have high quantities of lead and. And I guess, I guess that fluctuates in water. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I don't know, but it definitely wasn't all the time. Very concerning. Did they like make an announcement on the. Yes. I remember. The... I remember going oh to class God. and then being like, all right, guys, don't, <laughs> don't, uh, don't drink the water today. I guess they were testing it daily and, you know. Geez, For a while they weird. were. Yeah. You know, this, we maybe should look into we should do our own research for our school then if that's the case because um, our school was very old this one sounds like it, it was built in the 70s is what you said yeah right? yeah i believe it's 1970 yeah ours was like a hundred years old yeah so yeah um i believe there was some lead lining in those pipes oh yeah i guess we <laughs> just uh, we got lucky huh <laughs> hopefully they've been replaced yeah um yeah but anyway i was like well tom's river new jersey like where is that located from colonia um it's only a 48 minute drive so um mm. but i mean they it sounds like they um with the cases in tom's river they found like this specific chemical like a new chemical or something in a certain well that you know many of the residents were you know drinking from or that was providing the drinking water um, mm. and they noticed that once this you know they took out this this chemical the instances decreased back to the you know the average um but yeah there's stories of like six month olds getting like getting cancer it was really sad oh um yeah so i was like well and i in one of the articles i was reading they're saying like they got the same reaction um like the parents and stuff who brought it up to the um you know to the government were like got the same reaction of like oh you know it's don't worry about it it's you know everything's fine and they really had to do a lot of advocating until they finally got you know some results so i'm like you know maybe more testing is needed because i mean i, I don't know what kind of testing you know the air scooping <laughs> yeah like i'm sure there's <laughs> more that can be done and i'm sure it comes down to money um but it's just like you know something feels funny <laughs> yeah like uh i mean like i remember listening to like an interview of aaron brockovich you know yeah i was just gonna course, say where's aaron brockovich when you need her she was related to of course like the water issues and the legal I think that was in, I want to say that was in Texas. And I remember hearing an interview of her saying that like, it's in a lot, like she's still doing that. Like she is still doing that exact her. same work with her legal team. Cause I think she's just a paralegal. I don't know if she ever got her law license or not, but she, um, you know, that's what they specialize in is like, you know, when people are being polluted by their water system, and she was saying, like, you would be surprised it is in so many places. And I was like, ooh, scary. Well, maybe you know, like that there are all kinds of things in, in water that shouldn't be there. I believe it. I've got my Brita and it's making me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about it. Well, maybe, but. yeah, maybe this guy, you know, Al needs to contact Aaron and because she... Cause I, he's, I know he's not working with any attorneys or anything. So he's kind of just trying to do it, you know, the grassroots. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't like last thing I read, they're trying to organize for students to get like free brain scans. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, 
that's, I guess, as long as it's somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, but so another little kind of side information that I found when I was looking for about cancer clusters was a place known as Cancer Alley. Have you ever heard of that? No. So it's a basically a nickname given to an 85 mile stretch of land along the Mississippi River. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you because that's where they do a lot of fracking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So it's between Baton, um, Baton Rouge um, and New Orleans containing over 150 petrochemical plants and refineries. Yeah. Meaning, you know, petrol, it comes from petroleum. I had to look that mm-hmm. up. I didn't, I didn't know what petrochemical was. Um, and it accounts for 25% of the petrochemical production in the U.S. And they have a rate of 46 per 1 million at risk of developing cancer, whereas the average rate is 30 per 1 million. And um, of course, and unfortunately, there are uh, racial disparities, um, especially with the air pollution, whereas the Black dominated um, areas are 16% more risk of developing cancer. Mm. Um, Yeah, totally like, you know, environmental racism. Um, There's been a lot of grassroots activity to, you know, stop that. I think they have stopped, um, you know, some expansion and there's been some lawsuits, but I'm just like, damn, that's just, that's just really messed up. Um, Yeah. I mean, your environment really matters. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's probably really hard to prove. Um, Mm. You know. Well, yeah, when you're like bringing it up to people and they're saying, you're fine. Yeah. What do you mean? It's like the ultimate gaslighting. (laughs) But yeah, you know. That's true. So I definitely think, you know, as the mayor, he should, Mr. McCormick, maybe should at least keep an open door and open mind and, and, you know, maybe just do a little more research, you know, rule it out. More air scooping. Yes. Or more, you know, get those detectors, (laughs) 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 you know, get those. You're the ones that you need to be listening to. We are scientific. (laughs) professional yeah i remember um when i did the chernobyl episode like and i watched i don't know it's a documentary or something and like they they went into this one area and they had to keep yeah little the geiger monitors. yeah and then there was this one area was like dee, 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 and they're like we can't go any further <laughs> i think that that sound is like the creepiest fucking sound on the planet it was the hbo um limited series yeah that was that you saw it was so good but like um, that that geiger counter thing is freaking creepy that sound is awful well now there's one called three mile island um oh yeah i tried i i gave it two episodes well it was four episodes and it was interesting but um, I did start to lose a little bit of interest. Um, but it's like, like, why don't we know about this? I mean, I knew about it because I'd heard of it. And then when I was um, researching that town in Pennsylvania that has like the fire underneath of it, um, the Three Mile Island came up uh, during that research. Oh. But that actually, Three Mile Island was before Chernobyl by like nine years, nine, 10 oh, years. Interesting. Yeah. yeah that that little count i can't it can't even really? imitate that's, it. that's the scariest for you huh it's so creepy because of that scene where they were like in the dark in the water and <laughs> you hear you see nothing and that's all you hear and you know that they are like risking their lives to save all these people yeah. man and then those people didn't end up getting any radiation poisoning in the end. so at least according to hbo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's scary what's what's in our environment, what's in our air, you know. Yeah, we gotta scoop. So much more to learn, you know, what's safe, what's not, you know. So they didn't test the water in the school, they just t- tested the air. Right. That's 
Um, yeah, it was. Is there a fastest or? Well, someone pointed out that there was a uranium plant like 15 miles away. But that's just like, that was just someone's like random comment. So I don't know. I mean. <laughs> yeah, need to fact check just science, in case. My scientific. Well, background. you worked very hard on this. I mean, you did the math and everything. I know, so. I did X equals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You worked very, you worked overtime. Thank you. You really did. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, well, hopefully they get my, oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. No, no, you go. This is your, still your time. I thought you were done. I am done now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get that last. You needed to say it first. Yeah. So for me, you know, like I really like, you know, the, the first of all, the calendar, you know how I am with my oh, topics. Yes. You the like calendar. the timeline. So the times definitely affect my, my, um, my, what, I forgot the word topic. Um, <laughs> wow. Bring it to me. <laughs> but, um, before, so mine definitely was influenced by the time of year, but I actually did check our email for one last time and we did have a question and it just so happened also to be about calendars. It was a follow-up based on, um, a previous question that we had gotten back in the spring and they said thank you for answering my question I have a follow-up question okay. how did everyone in the world agree on the same calendar now I did kind of go over this when I was talking about like the leap year um, was... <laughs> <laughs> but I'll go into more specific detail I guess they said who said January has 31 days but April has 30 in year 900, did they know that it was year 900? Uh, thank you, Corinne. So I tried to find the most specific answers um, that would help everyone know this. And I did mention the, in the other episode that um, we use the Gregorian calendar. So the adoption of the Gregorian calendar was an event in modern history um, uh, for most cultures and societies, making a change from their old style or traditional calendar system and dating system to the now modern or new style of dating system. And that Gregorian calendar is currently the most widely used around the world today. So that's the one that everyone kind of decided on, but not everyone, but a lot of people. Uh, this type of calendar was decreed in 1582 by Pope Gregory. Hence, Gregorian calendar. Oh, I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Pope Gregory the 13th in 1582. And this was in order to correct an error in the Julian calendar. I'm assuming there was a Pope named Julian. That's my guess. Um, Julian calendar, which was what was being used before. Um, and that ties into what I mentioned before with why we even have the leap year in the first place. Uh, you know, because of that inaccurate uh, counting of days, you know, remember how like, it's like the 0.25 days for the sun to oh, yeah, you know, yeah. make it around the earth. So the Julian calendar was inaccurate. The Julian calendar um, had been based upon a year lasting 365.25 days, but this was slightly too long. So the calendar was increasingly out of alignment with the earth's orbit. So the Catholic Church decided, hey, let's make this new calendar and let's make it accurate with the Earth's orbit. But the Catholic Church had no real authority beyond their own papal states. So not everyone used that same calendar until uh, pretty much based on my research, most people adopted this calendar system like up until like early, right before 20th century. So some people were slow. To, to agree on good old Gregory here. But um, some people don't use our calendar. They only use it for civil purposes and they use like an older style calendar, usually because of religious con contexts and reasons. And then I was like, 
<laughs> trying to find how we decided months of 30 days and 31 days or 28 days. That one was a little harder to find the answer for. And that dates back like super far, like really far. So the months began um, due to the visibility of the new moon, you know, obviously, you know, and that was in the eighth century BCE before the common era. Remember, we learned that. Okay. That's one thing we can take away from these last three years is BCE. <laughs> For the common era. And then 5,000 years ago, the Sumerians had a calendar that divided the year into 30-day months. And they divided the day in, into 12 periods um, and divided these periods into 30 parts. So I think it just really comes from them, the Sumerians. So I think started out with calendars and then they just kept adapting them over time until we got the one that we got right now so it's really and, been, uh, I, we've been sticking to it for a long time we've been sticking to this for a while for i do not think that people in year 900 bce i don't know if they knew that it was year 900 i could not find the answer to that. oh yeah that's and and question. she actually like, didn't she didn't she didn't say whether it was bc or AD, <laughs> but um, maybe they like didn't really yeah. track. They're just like, eh, you know. <laughs> I think it depends on the person too. Like, you know, obviously education was not uh, easy to come by in year 900. So I think it probably depends on the person and whether or not they knew. Yeah, But like that was the... our very last email. Wow. Well, thank you, Corinne. Thank you. Hopefully that answers the calendar question once and for all but if not feel free to look it up on your own because we're not gonna be here <laughs> or there might be another podcast about it <laughs> yeah that's oh there's gotta be there's gotta be um but yeah I did my best that one was a tough that one was tough to yeah. find the specific answers the Gregorian calendar is easy to find the information for but like why do we have 30 days in this month versus that month that yeah. one's a little tougher it involved a lot of reading <laughs> Rose. so that uh that brings us to my actual topic um now that our final email the book is closed and shut uh so you know it's it's june what june 2nd or something today yes. it is june 2nd. <laughs> so i'm thinking of the time of year and i'm thinking that this is our last episode and the first thing that came to mind was graduation. Oh. And uh, you and I are graduating. We're graduating <laughs> into, <laughs> into the world. Um, so I thought, um, you know, this is something, again, that just happens. Something that is a tradition. We accept it. And I thought that there are so many traditions and symbolism and procedures really, you know, for lack of a better word, yeah. um, that yeah. take place at your typical graduation ceremony uh, in all kinds of graduations, like high school and college, et cetera. And I wondered, you know, like, why do they happen? And do they have an actual purpose? Uh, and where do they come from? So that is, that's my topic. That's a good one. I got my information from insider.com, Southwest Journal, the collegetimes.com, which was a fun <laughs> little article from 2019, Smithsonian Magazine, and our good old favorite, Wikipedia. Yay. So, <laughs> you know, I want to make sure that we've got a good baseline for this, just in case if people don't know what graduation is. Graduation is the <laughs> awarding of a diploma. <laughs> <laughs> it's the awarding of a diploma to a student by an educational institution. It may also refer to the ceremony that is associated with it. So mine is kind of like thinking about both, like the graduation itself and then specifically mostly the ceremony. Um, the date of the graduation ceremony is often called graduation day and the graduation ceremony is also sometimes called commencement, convocation, or invocation, invocation. So Dr. Moore, a professor of philosophy at the University of Washington says that, quote, rituals and traditions have an important place in expressing the values of a group 
tradition connects us not only to our past, but to our future as well. And he said that he stressed that there is an importance and value to punctuation in life, you know, because experiences have beginnings, middles yeah. and ends. Yeah. So it's kind of like a punctuation in your life. Yeah. So ceremonies for graduating students, I tried was like, when did this even begin? I mean, it seems so common, but was there ever a time that it wasn't? And it apparently dates as far back from the very first universities in Europe in the 12th century. Oh, so it's wow. been a, around for a while. Uh, and a lot of this is, um, a lot of it's a good combination of both like high school graduation and college graduation. So kind of think of like a broad scheme. So the first thing I thought of, of course, was something that we cannot ignore, the graduation outfit. You know, like that's not something you see every day. Yeah. <laughs> and we all had to like pay for it. And it was super expensive. Um, <laughs> so I remember like in the fall, they're like, now add 20 pounds on to what you weigh right now because you might not stay the same. Or I think it was 10 or 15, 20 is a lot. It was probably 10 or 15 pounds. And then it was like, don't fudge your weight just because <laughs> you're going to look you like know, an asshole. You want people to think that you're skinnier because it's not going to fit. And because I remember I they remember wanted that. us to do the, they wanted us to do the height our height and weight and that was it and that's how they figured out what our graduation gown size was that's kind of an that's odd not enough information they but i remember asked for some measurements i mean yeah i i was like huh i know what they're saying but i'm gonna lie anyway <laughs> and she was a, <laughs> i hear and, what uh, you're I'll saying say, she was but i'm gonna i'm gonna do my my own thing and okay. completely ignore you yes um <laughs> valid point but no i'm sure you are uh, the only one mine was uh she was a little tight a little <laughs> tighter than than i like now it wasn't tight oh it didn't look yeah. like a cased sausage or anything but oh. i think it was tight i think it was tight for graduation gown because those yeah. things are usually pretty big they're, they're big, flowy yeah. and they are bit way bigger than you mine yeah. totally fit completely fit but uh, I think I should have put on an extra 10. Did you subtract the LBs? No, I think I just kept it the same. Yeah. You know, like, cause they were like, add on more. I was like, I'm not going to. I'm a rebel. <laughs> Without a cause, yeah. <laughs> My cause was vanity and it only hurt myself in the end. So <laughs> that was the first thing that I thought of was the graduation outfit. So the typical dress, for a graduation is that long gown that looks like a judge, um, whatever color, and, and a hood or a hat. So this comes from the daily dress of university staff members in the Middle Ages uh, and, uh, in Europe. And that was based off in the attire worn by medieval clergy, so religious leaders. So. That's essentially where it all comes from. <laughs> uh, I guess we just wanted to look like staff members, you know, in the, in the middle ages. So specifically the cap, very oddly shaped. When do you see that? Like you never see a hat that looks like that ever, unless right. you're watching like Harry Potter. So those, <laughs> the hats are actually called mortar boards, which I didn't know. Maybe, you know. No, because they they resemble that tool that brick layer brick layers use. They hold the mortar, so like you're you're gonna hold this thing in your like left hand that's flat like the top of the graduation cap, and then you've got your scooper in your other hand, and you scoop off like the the mortar from your little flat graduation cap, and then you lay bricks. So oh, I was like, it's a oh. symbolic thing, right? No, it's just looks similar. So that's why they call it a mortar. Oh, board. okay. <laughs> no, I guess it could be symbolic of laying down laying bricks, bricks, but mm -hmm. yeah. So um, in some areas, they're also called square academic caps or Oxford caps. Um, but usually I think we just call them graduation caps, um, but they are technically called mortar boards. Uh, and uh, 
Graduation hats are believed to have developed in the 15th century, evolving from hats known as berettas used by Catholic clerics, scholars, and professors similar to the robe situation. So it all comes from essentially medieval Europe or, or the Middle Ages. So what is it called? Like, why do people throw their graduation cap in the air? You know, why do people do that at the end? Did you throw yours when you graduated from college or yes. high school? But yeah, I think so. But I, I still- And did you go to your master's degree ceremony too? Yeah, I went to like the big one because there was like two. So I went to the, or no, yeah. not the big one. I, I think went I to remember one. Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, I only, I didn't do, I didn't do my, mine because mine was online. I yeah, graduated mine was in, online, my, in my heart. Wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated in my heart. That's all that but matters. But I did go to the other two. So did you throw it for both? I think so, yeah. It's fun. I, I think I did, I did it for both, yeah. So the tradition of throwing the mortarboard hat or graduation cap started at the Naval Academy in 1912. I'm a little surprised by that. I thought it was going to be older. Oh, yeah, that's pretty um, As a tradition. Yeah. And this is a U.S. thing, too. So newly minted officers received their dress hats and no longer needed to wear the midshipman caps, which I believe are like the white ones. Um, when they graduated, they received those dress hats. So they no longer had to wear the midshipman caps that they had had to wear for four years prior to that. So they tossed their hats into the air, the midshipman caps into the air, you know, saying like, you know, like at that passage of time, that punctuation, and that tradition just stuck. And apparently it spread because I mean, like who hasn't seen on a movie or a TV show? Yeah. Of the woohoo, you know, up in the Yeah, air. it's like a iconic scene, you know? Yeah. But it does happen now in other countries. It didn't, not just in the US. So in 2008, England's Anglia Ruskin University they banned graduation caps being tossed after a flying hat sent a student to the emergency room for stitches. Oh my God. I'm how, like, how hard were they throwing? How vi thing? violently did you throw that sucker it? in the air? <laughs> and ours, ours was like, it was, they are cheap, you know, like they're, they're flimsy. Yeah. So like, what like was theirs made out of? What material? <laughs> I, I mean, how many, I don't know, maybe they something in it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe they put some real good quality, high quality mortarboard stuff in there. I don't know. <laughs> the University of Birmingham, Birmingham, put the brakes on the tradition entirely, outlawing it to, quote, ensure everyone had an enjoyable oh, time. And one person that ruins it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> in 2014, Students at Ridgewood High School, which is in Illinois in the United States, were not allowed to throw their caps during graduation either. And I guess they didn't like that and they didn't listen and did it anyway. So they were then denied their diplomas until they publicly apologized for ignoring the caps tossing ban. Oh my God, where was this? <laughs> in Illinois in 2014. That seems kind of extreme. Why they, yeah, why did they... Ban it publicly apologized can't can't we just have like a Would they each student had to like go on i'm not media? sure <laughs> i know right like how did this happen did you just stand <laughs> on a street corner and shout out i'm sorry <laughs> or did you like have to like go on facebook or an email like how how public are we talking that's just like a power you know? struggle i think i know i think that i think apologizing is fine but i think that it's a lot it's a, it's a lot to make that declaration. It reminds me of the office where he's like, I have bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> or I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> like you can't declare bankruptcy by just shouting it out, Michael. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, God. You have to declare bankruptcy. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> it is what, it, I mean, it, it does sound like that, though. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so that same school did later reverse its decision on the caps tossing ban. And so caps were allowed to be tossed and that, you know, they were reinstated yeah. after, after that at some point. 
not sure if it was the exact following year, but they're tossing their caps now. So Yale University, um, as far as I know, was, is the only American educational institution to be sued unsuccessfully in 1984, before we were born, um, by a commencement ceremony guest because they were injured again by a flying mortarboard graduation cap. This happens a lot, apparently. <laughs> like, <laughs> so the court uh, found, quote, a mortarboard was neither inherently dangerous nor more likely to cause injury if improperly used than was any other angular object. Thus, it was not a dangerous instrumentality, end quote. So unfortunately, that, that guest just had to deal with their injury yeah, like and uh, they did not win their case. I mean, how, how much are we talking? How injured were you? Like, if there is a hospital bill, I can see wanting somebody yeah, else to having pay the for it. Through it can, they can pay for it. But yeah, but like they actually sued the university. So to me, that seems at first glance like a money grab to me. Yeah. Maybe a headline, maybe a headline, but I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how badly they were injured. So uh, the next thing that I thought about was the song, you know, Pomp and Circumstance. Do you know, you remember how it goes? No. <laughs> it's like, oh God, it's like, on the top of, it's like on the tip of my tongue. Well, look it up, you can play it. Um, oh, it's not going to work, I bet. <laughs> um, so, you know, cause uh, I, I don't think I've ever been to a graduation without that song. So it's the pomp and circumstance walking march. Oh, it is 11 minutes. Da, 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 oh, da, da, the graduation da, march song. Yeah. yeah. I didn't da, know that's what that was called. Da, 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 da. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. You know, it, it has a name. So it is called Pomp and Circumstance. And it's it, oftentimes it's like walking march or marches added in there as well. So this marching song has been played at graduations of all kinds as far back as the early 1900s. Again, I'm surprised it's not, not older, um, but Pomp and Circumstance is the name of that song. And um, America actually adopted this tradition and they did not originate it. It was composed in 1901 by Edward Elger and was used for the 1902 coronation of Britain's Edward VII. Ooh, very fancy. Really <laughs> so the tune began its association with American graduations four years later at, you guessed it, Yale University, when Elgar was given an honorary doctorate there. And at that time, it was played when he was going off the stage, not on the stage, not when he received his honorary diploma. And that was according to NPR. They said, quote, after Yale used the tune, Princeton used it, the University of Chicago and Columbia, then eventually everybody started using it. It just became the thing that you had to graduate to, end quote. So that's a thing. That's what music expert Miles Hoffman told NPR. And I have to say, I thought about it for a second and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever not heard it. It's pretty much, that's it. That's the song. That's the March song. So when you graduate from college, you're getting a bachelor's degree, master's degree, or a, or a doctorate. The term bachelor and bachelor's degree is from medieval term baccalaureate and a play on the Latin words bacca and lauri, which mean laurel berries. What? It has nothing to do with education, in my opinion. <laughs> but, you know, to each his own. Oh, wow. <laughs> so people who earn, you always like hear the people uh, this but it's true people who earn a bachelor's degree make about one million dollars more than those who do not i want about 40 <laughs> yeah I, I would like i'm not i don't feel that million but um 
maybe it's out there for me. Uh, about 40 million Americans hold $1 trillion in outstanding loan debts. And I am a part of that I $1 trillion. Woo. <laughs> The debt has quadrupled from 250 million in 2004 uh, to 1 trillion. And it, this exceeding automobile and credit card debts. No doubt. Wow. I can tell yeah, you that's real for me. Absolutely. So 88% of uh, millennial college grads believe that their degree has either paid off or will pay off for them in their future. Yeah, I would say and, so. Yeah, I would say so too. Uh, youngest grad ever, you ask? Formal, former child prodigy, Michael Kearney, graduated from the University of South Alabama in 1994 at the ripe old age of 10. Wow. Can you imagine going through that whole experience <laughs> of just like primary school, high school, and then college and you yeah, were 10. It's gotta be really hard, like isolating because you can't relate to college yes. kids other than, but he doesn't have the social skills and stuff, I would think. I know, right? I mean, I don't know How about you, but any 10 like, year olds I know. <laughs> yeah, like what if you got assigned like a group assignment with him? Like, like oh, I know, sorry, I don't know if we can study. From his mom. Yeah, like, <laughs> is it your bedtime? I know. I guess it's clearly they probably very smart adjustments, I would hope. That's amazing. I wonder, I wonder what he's up to now. I know, right? You have to look him up. But that took me to the final bit of my topic. Uh weird college graduation traditions, specifically in the US this time. Some of them are a little weird. Um, and it made me like wish that, that my college had one of these because we didn't, as far as I'm aware, you know, very possible that we did. And I just didn't know because <laughs> told me. Uh, so <laughs> graduate at Wellesley College, they race, and this is a, a, a historically women's college, they race wooden hoops down Tupelo Street after they graduate. It started as a May Day celebration in honor of spring, but soon grew to become a graduation tradition. The winner of the race is said to go on to achieve success, and the winner is also swept up by the other students and promptly then thrown into Lake Wabon. I have to say, I wouldn't want to be thrown into wooden, the lake. <laughs> wooden hoops? So, yeah, so imagine like a, a wooden hula hoop. Mm -hmm. rolling down the street oh, okay. and then you push it with like a little wooden stick this is something uh -huh. that like people used to play like way back in the day you know it's like <laughs> a kid's toy so fun uh they also have um so smith college has something called the diploma circle and this this i wonder how big like their graduating classes are now because this is like take some real effort and I could totally see myself just being like I'm not going to do that <laughs> because oh, no. um but I don't know I could be wrong I my anxiety would would keep me from doing this tradition because I'd be like I'm never gonna get it I'm never they're never gonna find me so um <laughs> most people I mean and that's immediately what I would think of most people uh when they graduate you know they get their diplomas like you know in the mail but you get your fake diploma or whatever when your name is oh, called yeah. and you walk across the stage and everyone's like hey but at, at Smith College in Northampton Massachusetts graduates get a random diploma with any one of 700 classmates names on it then they walk over to a field on campus where they form the diploma circle, <laughs> form, form a circle, a calming circle. And uh, the diploma circle um, is a century old tradition and, and it's where the graduating class just stands around in concentric circles while diplomas are passed from student to student until everyone has their diploma. diploma. Oh my God. So like for me, like I would, I would just be like, they're never gonna find me. I'm gonna be here all day. 
but it's never going to find me. You, everyone (laughs) has to do it because they automatically give it to somebody else. I know. Right. I know, right? You kind of have like, to. If you it's want almost it. like you you have to. Yeah, you're right. You like oh, have to, to because you're a jerk, and you just go home with Joe Smith's diploma. I've emailed them. And be like, you know, hey, can I mail this to you? <laughs> <laughs> I had to leave um, early. I had an appointment. Um, <laughs> so if you just give me your address, I'd be happy to FedEx that to you. Um, but yeah, like because you'd be surprised. Like I remember when we got when we were getting a car because we had just graduated they were going to give us like a, a, a minuscule discount because it's, it's like we we qualified for like the college grad discount <laughs> and we had to take a picture of it we had to like prove like you know like some of those diplomas are big yeah i just take to a like picture of my diplomas by... for some of the jobs i applied for the, oh really yeah oh my gosh that's so funny <laughs> I don't, yeah, it was weird. I was like, doesn't the transcript, doesn't that, isn't that enough? I know, right? That is true. I mean, th- that's that double authentication yes. right there. They need the picture and the written word. That's so <laughs> funny. Um, so yeah, so like you, I, if this is something that you aren't going to need a lot in your life, but you might need at some point to prove. Yeah. So okay. they're like forcing you to make a friend, kind of. <laughs> I wonder how long that process takes. Okay. Yeah, and who so who has to be in charge? All right, everyone, spread out. They said concentric circles, so I guess it just gets smaller and smaller. Oh. Would you imagine God. being the, the last two? Like, hey, just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and it's gotta be in here. In the sunset. Yeah. So um again, Yale, very popular in this topic. So students rub the toe for good luck. It's said that they rub the toe of um, their, uh, it's like a statue of their president. um, And it's claimed that people go up to that statue and rub the toe of this man for good luck once they graduate it, once they graduate, because there's this legend that has it that that the president of Yale, Woosley, when he was president, would attend a regatta in support of the Yale crew team. And every time he kicked off a boat with his left toe to start the race, the Yale team would win. But this whole legend is actually not based on any fact whatsoever. And the toe is not known to be lucky. It's completely made up. Uh, uh, to cover up the real tradition so this is what the, you would hear on a like if you went on a tour or something you would hear oh they rub the toe for good luck <laughs> but then I guess once you go there you find the truth and um when students graduate they urinate on the toe oh they on don't the statue if you notice the toe of the statue is slightly worn um, and it has a golden tint from urine, <laughs> and it's the statue is made out of bronze. Um, so gross. I hope people aren't touching it and peeing on it at the same time. So at Williams College, a destructive tradition has been held for the last century where they throw watches off of Thompson Chapel. And this is actually a pretty high tower. And so they celebrate the passage of time by throwing their watches off the roof or the top of this chapel and um, throwing a watch like many graduation traditions is said to bring luck to the person who's throwing it. And uh, I've got, I think two more. So a couple of Notre Dame ones the steps outside the front of Notre Dame's main campus building, this is like their iconic image. It has like a golden dome on it. Apparently those steps are off limits. I wonder how they keep them off limits, um, but they claim that they're off limits until after you graduate. So when graduation day comes, you get to finally walk down the steps um, uh, on your way to the commencement ceremony. So that's a oh. tradition. 
That's cool. Apparently dates back to the 19th century when students used to smoke with professors after completing a degree program, according to the school's website. <laughs> okay. And um, Liberty University nursing students celebrate their graduation by burning their scrubs. Have you ever heard of that before? Mm -mm. Mm. So, cause you've known some nurses. So, um, and the school dean joins in on the fun. So each year that school gra yeah. graduating students gather at the home of the dean, Deanna Britt, and they go to her house for a bonfire where they finally fling off their scrubs and toss them into the fire. Um, they, there was a nursing student that said, it's freedom. In the hospital, we are recognized by our uniform. And so burning our white scrubs means that we no longer have to label ourselves as student nurses, uh -huh. said former nursing student, Sarah Hacking. And that was on the school's website. Wow. I was gonna say, because you know, you're still gonna have to wear scrubs the rest of your life if you're doing that job. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes a little more sense. I think, but yeah, but I think because of like the color or whatever, it's kind of like yeah. the Naval Academy with the midshipmen caps, they're like, screw this old uniform yeah give me the new one stop labeling me they want to punctuate their lifestyle and their wardrobe with their mortar um, <laughs> so when one. you are at a graduation be careful flying yeah, objects flying mortar bird boards <laughs> i remember i watched i flew mine up into the air but not very high because again my anxiety i was like i'm never gonna find this thing if it falls yeah. like halfway across the room so like i tossed it like i don't know maybe five feet i feel like people like did it kind of it wasn't all at once like it was just kind of people were like seeing if other people did it and then they slowly do it so I, it wasn't like hard to find yours yeah but that is the end that is the end speaking of punctuations this is uh you know period at the end of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for listening yeah. you can still check us out for at least a little while longer on yeah, facebook we'll, and instagram we'll leave everything up until it you know we get shut down for whatever reason i don't know what the rules are <laughs> so we don't feel like maintaining it any longer you can still find us yeah. on facebook and instagram at the uh, this is the part i don't get hopefully we have solved a lot of all parts of, all that of you your didn't get that you didn't get yeah hopefully they've all been solved i definitely have learned way more than i th yeah. ever thought i would i thought that this was just going to be funny and then i was like there's a lot of information i know <laughs> like i didn't know i was gonna have to research stuff what and do homework for three years <laughs> um but yeah thank you for the listening. end <laughs> thank you bye, bye.